0: And hello there. Welcome to an employment law show. Indeed, as always,
1: your host. Uh, I just talk a little bit here and try to keep the thing on the rails. John Scholes, the real brains of the operation. Mackenzie Irwin is uh, standing by. San Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP. You want to reach out to uh, Mackenzie anytime when we're not doing this hour of radio, you could do so. Always encouraged to call and have a chat. Mackenzie's got a great team working with her as well. 1-855-821-5900. To do so, email help at employmentlawyer.ca We'll try to uh, machete our way through a few of those later on. If we get through the uh, main topic and phone call, we'll get to a uh, topic today as well. And the main one's going to be FAQs, frequently asked questions about severance packages. Incredibly important stuff. So that's coming here in just a a moment or two. But Mackenzie, we always start off with the case of the day or uh, something that you've been working on, pal. What's going on?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm happy to be here, happy to start, start my Saturday morning talking about employment law. Um, I wanted to chat a little bit about um, a, a gentleman who came to me this week. He he was working as a a, a PSW for a company for about 16 years. Uh, he was in his late he's in his late 50s, and uh, the company required that all their employees submit a criminal background check before they're hired. So he he did this. He submitted it prior to uh, prior to the 16 years. Um his background check actually showed a prior conviction from a minor incident that had occurred when he was in his 20s. So it was a pretty old conviction, but it was there. It was on his background check. He submitted it to the company, and they, to his surprise, the, the company hired him. They didn't say anything about the background check. They hired him, and he continued working for them for about 16 years. Throughout that time, they'd asked, uh, they checked in, and they asked for periodic uh, background check updates. So he gave those to to his employer, and uh, the background checks had the same results because he had no new convictions on that, um, and so he had nothing to hide. He really, you know, he had uh, disclosed it. It showed the prior conviction from in his twenties showed that about, I think he said three times throughout his employment, um, and there was no issue. The company never had an issue with it. Now, recently, the company hired a new manager, and that new manager, for some reason, really didn't like him. Uh, he got into a few disagreements, and he got into one pretty major disagreement with this new manager about two weeks ago. Now, a few weeks later, the manager requests that he submit another background check. This is the first time, the first background check uh, in about five years, my client said. So he submits the background check. Again, same, same information there. Uh, no new convictions, just that really old one from in his 20s. And all of a sudden, the company turns around and has, and terminates him. And they terminated him for cause. They terminated him for cause, they didn't provide him with any severance, even though he's been working there for 16 years, and the reason that they stated for cause was that he did not comply with the, or he did not pass the background check, because he had this prior conviction. So he's very confused, um, and he he gives me a call, and uh, again, the employer had terminated him for cause, and they didn't give him any severance. So he calls me and and there's well there's a number of issues with this, but I'm glad that he did because number one, I think if your employer is terminating you for cause, you should absolutely have that uh, for cause termination reviewed by an employment lawyer because nine times out of ten, the employer does not actually have cause, and you are certainly owed some sort of severance. so there's a few issues with what the company has done here. Now, at the time that they were hiring him, the company very likely would have been within their rights to not offer him uh, the employment at the outset. Why? Because he had this prior conviction on his on his background check, and therefore he he didn't at the time um, pass their background check requirement. <laughs> The company, you know, probably because they do, as a personal support worker, you do work with vul- vulnerable populations, yep. and they likely have the right to make it a, a requirement of the job that you pass this background check. The problem here is that the company didn't. Um, they did. They proceeded. They offered him the job. They overlooked that uh, old conviction, and, and they basically put it aside and offered him the job. Um they had that background checked my client didn't hide anything he was up front with them about it and they they chose to proceed and hire with hire him anyways so uh, they also kept him employed for that 16 years despite collecting that updated background checks throughout his employment in doing this the company has pretty much condoned or um Effectively waived that requirement that background requirement for my for my client. So They can't now all of a sudden because they've condoned that background check They can't now turn around and after 16 years rely on that uh, as a as grounds to terminate him for cause and provide him without and without providing him with any severance so my client is absolutely owed severance here He's actually um, likely owed up to 18 months of, of pay. Nice. Yeah. So we're we're absolutely we're going to hop on the scene here and we're going to um, help him negotiate that severance uh, that he's owed. It's um it's a pretty interesting when when companies do this because you can usually see the writings on the wall. There's usually some sort of you know, new manager hired or some the, the company's trying to do some restructuring and they're, they're trying to get rid of an employee uh, and they're trying to do it in, in a cost-effective manner. So in this case, they've done it the, absolutely the wrong way. They've tried to, um, to, to terminate him without paying him anything. Uh, and certainly, after 16 years of working there with regular check-ins, not hiding that prior conviction, um, they are certainly um, they do owe him severance. And I think um, it's important here to note that employers can, can terminate an uh, an employee at at any time, as long as they're providing them with with proper severance. Severance, yeah. Uh, proper severance and and as long as the there's no human rights violation in the reasons for for termination so they can they could have let him go they absolutely can let him go just because your manager you know you're butting heads with your manager your company can certainly let you go but they need to pr- they do absolutely owe you severance so um so we're certainly we're going to help we're going to help this guy out we're going to get on the scene and and help negotiate his, uh, his proper severance package here
1: and with that, we will uh, continue on. As As mentioned, you'll want to make that phone call. Still got uh, lots of time here. 416-870-6400 is how you do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Frequently asked questions about severance packages. Um, I know you get these all the time. Uh, Mackenzie kind of culminated this list over the last, you know, a little while of working there, of course. Uh, number one, um, it's the language, right? Difference between severance pay, termination pay, pay in lieu of notice. There's many different ways people throw it at you. Is there a difference or no?
2: So only under the Employment Standards Act, and this is a very interesting. It, the, okay. the Employment Standards Act has made this very, very confusing. Um, <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even as lawyers, uh, people get it, get the terminology mixed up. There really is not in uh, in terms of your full severance entitlements. There is not a difference between se- the word severance pay and termination pay. They they really mean the same thing. It's only when you're looking at your bare minimum. Um, uh, termination entitlements under the Employment Standards Act that there really is a difference between severance and termination pay. In 99% of uh, employees who have been terminated in Ontario, uh, you really don't need to look into distinguishing between severance and termination pay. You're really looking at uh, your full severance, which is one uh, which severance and termination can be used interchangeably. But under uh, uh, under the Employment Standards Act, there is a difference between severance and termination pay. Um, But that's only really in a very select few um, termination cases where that is actually applicable.
1: And how about this one? How big should someone's severance package be if they lose their job? That's the... uh the key, the golden question, right?
2: Exactly, and that is something that employment lawyers will fight to the death over. Mm. Um, and so, it, th- there is no formula. There is each uh, each termination is taken um, and analyzed on its individual facts. So, um, but if there are a few factors that help guide the, that the courts use to guide them in um, in analyzing how big someone's severance package should be those factors include your age your years of service uh, your position um, how uh, the availability of comparable employment and so what the courts will do um, is they'll take those factors and they will try and uh, they'll analyze them and see you know how long would it take someone in this per, uh, this person's, specific circumstances to find a new job in the current job market. Um, and they would award a severance package based on those factors. Um, employment lawyers will, you know, fight till their last breath over what, uh, what that would be in each, uh, each person's uh, circumstances. Um, but, but certainly there is no, there's no magic formula that's applied to, to a person's uh, that can be applied to everybody, but um, the, you know, there's typically a um, a maximum of uh, 24 months, unless there is no. uh, extenuating circumstances that would warrant um, extending that beyond the 24 month ceiling. So it could be anywhere from two months to 24 months, up to 30 months. Uh, it really is uh, depends on each uh, individual's circumstances.
1: And with that, we'll get into our first break and lead you over to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. By the way, anytime you can find that uh, severance calculator, which kind of, uh, you know, Mackenzie was making reference to. You. you can do that on your
0: own. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. You betcha we're back. Kenzie Irwin is uh, here answering the lawyer saying, Firu to
1: Markin LLP is where you want to reach out to when the show is done to get a hold of uh, Mackenzie. It's one 855 821 on your own time. And you can also send along an email. That would be help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for any other matters, always consult the website. I uh, told you about a couple minutes ago, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It will answer most of your questions and provide you with free and anonymous access to the severance calculator, which does exactly what it's said to do for so many years, and millions of Canadians have used it. Uh, Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We are talking about our main topic today, FAQs about severance packages. Third question... Employment agreements, Mackenzie, can they or how much can they impact a severance package?
2: Yeah, so the only way that an employer can hold you to your bare minimum uh, entitlements upon termination is if they have a enforceable termination clause in their employment agreement that does so. Now, the courts have been very, very critical of employers and require employers to draft these uh, termination clauses in a very specific manner. So if you have an employment agreement that has a termination clause in it, uh, it's fair to say that 99% of those are not properly drafted and are not enforceable and in fact, aren't worth the paper that they're written Mm -hmm. on. So, it's very important if you have those employment agreements with a termination clause in it, you don't take it at its word. It is a pretty complicated analysis in how you go about uh, analyzing whether that termination clause is enforceable, um, but y- you can bet that your employer is going to rely on it. They're going to say, you know, this is the contract you sign, this is all we owe you, um, but again 99% of those the time they're wrong that that termination clause is not worth the paper it's written on and you are still owed significantly more than what that termination clause limits you to so if you're terminated and you have one of those termination clauses don't take it at don't take your employer at their word don't read that contract and think, "Hmm, oh, it's too bad. I I signed this. This definitely says that I'm only entitled to one week per year of service." Yeah. And that's what my employer's offering, so I should accept it. You should always 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 have that severance package reviewed by an employment lawyer because we can take uh we can take that termination clause through that complicated analysis and we can give you a an informed opinion on whether that uh, clause is enforceable Um, And then we can also give you a an update on what your actual termination entitlements are uh, So that you're you're making sure that your your employer is treating you fairly when you've been terminated. So employment agreements they can impact a severance package but in the vast majority of the cases, um, they, they don't. So it's really important that you you get that, that opinion.
1: We'll continue that conversation in between the, uh, the phone calls uh, here live, 416-870-6400 is how you get on board. Robert, thanks for standing by for a couple minutes. How are you, pal? I'm doing good. Excellent. What's on your mind?
3: Okay. I'm just wondering, the uh, severance, is that legislated through uh, provincial or federal?
2: So, yes, severance is, uh, depending on if your employer is a provincially regulated or a federally regulated employer, there is legislation that outlines what your minimum severance entitlements are. Um, but again, it's, it's a very, uh, timely question because, uh, your employer, in order to hold you to that minimum entitlement, they have to have an employment agreement that is properly worded and enforceable to hold you to that so the majority of employment agreements uh, Are not properly drafted and are not enforceable and so in those instances It doesn't matter what the legislation says the legislation is just outlining your minimum entitlements and um, You're actually entitled to what we call your full severance entitlements, which could be up to upwards of 24 months
3: Okay, thank you. And uh, okay, I, I was I, I, I retired and I got called back to work and they put me as under the employment standard act as a, like a casual worker or a part-time. Okay. And and uh, and then they pulled me to a full-time three or I think it's three or four years later they put me to full-time. So I'm now under the contract and the contract states that on this certain date going forward no one will get severance <laughs> i'm not sure if
2: that's <laughs> yeah. yeah so robert uh, um, yeah that that termination clause is absolutely legal 100% illegal they can't um, y- y- they can't uh, take away your severance entitlements at some point in the future. So, if if at any point you are terminated from that position, um, you should absolutely have your sever you know, contact my firm and have your severance package reviewed by one of our lawyers because we can absolutely you know advise what your actual severance entitlements are. And they they can't rely on that uh, clause in your contract to pay you no severance. There's, um, I can tell you, without even looking at that termination termination clause, that that is absolutely an illegal and unenforceable termination clause.
1: Appreciate the call, Robert. Got to move on again. If you want to reach out to Mackenzie afterwards to talk a little more about your matter, anytime it's always open to you. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But here. And now, it's uh, 416-870-6400. Uh, John, thanks for hanging in. How are you? Good morning.
3: I'm, I'm fabulous. How are you?
1: Good. What's uh What's your question?
0: Um, well, my employer wants me to drive halfway across the country. Hmm. And uh, it works out to be about 38 hours each way. But my employer wants to pay me minimum wage while driving. So when I work that out, I'll be making less than a week. Than if I just stayed at work,
2: I'm just wondering—is that legal for him it's just to just pay me minimum wage while driving? Uh, John, are, are you um, are you a salaried employee, or do you usually work uh, under an hourly rate?
3: I work under an hourly rate.
2: Okay, and I'm assuming, obviously, your your hourly rate, your regular hourly rate, is uh is it uh is much higher than the minimum wage? Is that correct? Uh, more than yeah absolutely so um your employer cannot uh drop your wages from your regular hourly weight wa- wage uh to to the minimum wage particularly if that is um significantly you know more than 10 percent less than your regular pay um and and that would re- that would constitute a more than 10 percent pay cut um they cannot do that Um, And if they do do that this could be uh, what we what we call a constructive dismissal and uh, As a constructive dismissal you could um, uh, You could certainly uh, treat that as a termination of your employment and pursue your severance, but John um, You're gonna want to let your employer know that you do not agree to them dropping your pay to that uh, minimum wage for that time period um, and if they're, if they insist on having you drop your wage to minimum wage, um, then you should certainly contact, uh, give me a call and, uh, we can, we can chat offline and, and we can see if, uh, if, if it's necessary for me to step in and, and write them a letter to, uh, remind them of their, uh, their obligations to you as an employee.
1: Thank you, John. Appreciate that call. And uh, yeah, that number again, one 821 5900 is how you're going to reach Mackenzie after the show and going forward, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we are talking about severance packages. The frequently asked questions, McKenzie, you get pretty much all the time. Uh, another one down the list here is uh, McKenzie, can an employer force an employee to accept a severance package by a certain deadline? Because they all have one on them, right?
2: Yes, absolutely, um, so no, your employer can't force you to accept a severance package by a certain deadline. This should absolutely be a red flag to you if your employer is forcing you or pressuring you to accept a package by a certain deadline, particularly if that is a tight deadline, that should be a red flag that this is likely not a very uh, fair severance package. They're not off, uh, an employer is not going to offer you um, your full severance uh, entitlements and give you a tight l- timeline to accept it. And, because that pressure, it's a pressure tactic to get you to accept something, that, uh, a package that is below what you're actually entitled to. Um, so if your employer is forcing you to accept something by a certain deadline, uh, you, should, you should certainly reach out and have that package reviewed by an employment lawyer. To make sure that it's a proper package it's appropriate for you in terms of your age your years of service uh, your position um, and all of those factors that we spoke about earlier Um, in order to you know if they're giving you that deadline uh, you don't have to sign it by that deadline you actually have up to two years after your termination to pursue your full severance. So, um, any kind of tactic to get you to sign it on the spot, to get you to sign it um in a tight deadline, um you can uh, you sh- you they cannot enforce that and you can ask them for uh, an extension um in order to have that package reviewed by by uh, an employment lawyer.
1: It's a pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good ploy by the employer to put that on there, though, right? I mean, you know, eight out of ten people will probably look at that and go, "Oh, geez, I got to get this thing back by Friday." I don't have time to see anybody. I'm just going to sign it and run, right?
2: Yeah, the number of people that call uh, call me and and are are all stressed out. You know, I need to speak with you right away because my employer has only given me one day to review this mm-hmm. and to get back to them. Um, They're always, you know, it's it it's um it's such a it's a tactic, you know, when you put that kind of stress and pressure on someone, usually usually they're going to accept it, and it's unfortunately a tactic that employers use that is quite successful. But if you or someone you know um has been given a has been has been let go from their job and been given a tight deadline, um you should absolutely keep in mind that you have up to two years to file your claim. Uh, and to really pursue this severance, your proper severance package. So any kind of pressure to put um, to, to put a tight timeline um, should just be a red flag that your employer is probably not offering you what you're actually entitled to, and they're trying to pressure you to accept something that is much less than what they actually owe you.
0: We will keep working down your severance package questions here in a moment. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
1: All righty, the show continues. John Scholes here, Mackenzie Irwin from employmentlawyer.ca. If you want to reach out anytime, you can call Mackenzie when the show is done. And she's got a great team as well, backing her up, 1 821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and that website always free for you to use. Anytime you'll have access to that uh, severance calculator, which is super handy whether you need it right now or not. It's good to get a number in your head of what you're uh, actually owed if it comes down the pipe that you uh, get released and you get a uh, petty little severance offer. How do you do it? Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Going to continue our talk about severance packages here in a moment. We'll get to Brian first. Hey, Brian, thanks for standing by, pal. How are you?
3: Not too bad. A uh, question for Mackenzie there. You bet. I've been on, uh, if I recover from long duration LTD, and I go back to my company and a lot of software changes have been made, I, like I get a professional salary fairly high, and I go back and the money's not quite right, like what, they were, what I was having before, or they adjust my job. And it, it constitutes constructive dismissal. And let's say I go to San to Market and start the constructive dismissal process. Uh, can, if they find out, oh, it's going to cost us a ton of money, can they backpedal and say, okay, well, we don't want to pay that money. We'll take him back and give him the money he was making before in his proper job.
2: Well, they absolutely could um, reverse those decisions and invite you back. The real question is going to be, you know, would you have an obligation to accept that? And so,
3: even if I'm uncomfortable, you know, if the things have changed and they've made it very uncomfortable for me, you know what I mean?
2: Well, absolutely. And so, what the courts are going to look at when in deciding whether you have an obligation to accept that uh, that. Recall back at the un, under the proper conditions once the employers corrected everything and done what they actually should have done When you initially came back um, They are the courts are going to look at you know, what is has the employment relationship soured and it sounds a lot like Brian It, it has in your situation. It's they've made you very uncomfortable um, They've made it um, You know a difficult s- scenario um, for you to go back, especially when you know when an employer has uh, a an employee who's coming back from a disability leave, they should be having you back you know making it very easy, making it a very accommodated and, and nice transition back into the workplace uh, and it doesn't sound like they've done that so um certainly no, I think anybody, Brad- they've actually
3: adjusted the position because the position has been has been modified, and somebody else is sort of in the position now because I've been gone for so long, so I don't even see how they're going to make it work, you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Brian. So I think, I mean, certainly, um, I think you, we should have a, a more thorough discussion offline, um, that, uh, it, certainly please contact, uh, contact us and, and, and we can schedule a time to chat about this in more detail. But if your employer has, has brought you back from, from a disability leave, you're back at at reduced pay, your job is in what, they've changed the position. This is a, sounds like a very clear constructive dismissal. Um, And uh, even if, you know, after you've asserted that constructive dismissal, even if they go back and do what they were supposed to do in the first place, um, there are reasons why that might not be an appropriate, it might not be appropriate for you to accept those uh that recall and go back under those new uh, under those proper conditions so let's uh uh send send me an email and and we'll connect and we can we can have a a proper thorough chat on uh, on all the details um offline
3: thank you very much
1: thanks brian appreciate it uh, very much as well i'm sure you've got the number down you sound like you're all over it but uh just in case here we go one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. help at employment lawyer Dot ca. And with that, you still have time to call us here and uh, ask your questions. 416 870 6400. And uh, yeah, we've been trying to get through as many, pardon me, as many questions as we can about severance packages. Next one is Mackenzie, should somebody contact the Ministry of Labor or Employment Standards Branch? I guess that's out west. If they think they're owed more severance, what do you think? <laughs>
2: Uh, this is a very common mistake. Um, cert, certainly not. And unfortunately, this is, this is somewhere where, where people start. Um, and, and you, sh- it should be, it should be your last resort. But, um, it's very confusing, unfortunately, because, uh, the Ministry of Labor or the Employment Standards Branch, they can only advise you on your bare minimum entitlements under the statutes. So they cannot advise you on your full severance entitlements. Um, so when you call them, you aren't actually getting the full picture. Um, you're only uh, only an employment lawyer can can get you that, can take you there, can um, advise you on both your s- statutory minimum entitlements and your full severance entitlements. So if you go to the Ministry of Labour, they're only going to advise you on your minimums. Um, but uh if you the, the the problem here and what i really want to stress is that if you go to the ministry of labor or the employment standards branch and you pursue your your improved uh severance package with, through a a claim filed under the ministry of labor um you are actually giving up your rights to pursue your full severance package with a, with an employment lawyer this is really important because it could be the difference between getting eight weeks of severance and up to 24 months of severance. So you could be leaving thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table when you pursue your full severance, uh, your severance claim with the Ministry of Labor. Um, I actually had someone who came to me who who did not know this and, and they started their claim with the ministry of labor. And once you do that, there's very, you know, there's limited things that I could try to do to help you, but, um, but sometimes um, it's too late. So I, I always want to stress when I get these kinds of questions that um, you should start with and with advising, uh, with consulting with an, an employment lawyer before you go to the Ministry of Labor or the Employment Standards Branch because they can't give you the full picture. They're very limited on what kind of advice they can give you.
1: And as you've said, if you open up a file with them and say, oh, I just heard Mackenzie's show, can I go back and erase it? Eh, not really. You okay.
2: might. You might Maybe. be able to. It depends. As you know, It still might be worthwhile um, contacting us and seeing if... if, if you're at a stage where we might be able to reverse it but it's you know you should always start with an employment lawyer first
1: yeah let's get to one more before we break uh, mackenzie can my employer terminate me even if i did nothing wrong
2: yeah, I get that question all the time. So, it, your employer absolutely they can terminate you at any time um as long as they're providing you with proper um proper severance and as long as there is no um human rights violation there. So, yes, uh, you know, your employer doesn't have to tell you or you don't have to do anything wrong. There has doesn't need to be a reason why your employer is terminating you um as long as they're providing you with proper severance.
1: And with that, we'll take a uh, short break and get back into our uh, last segment and give you some time, just like our previous callers, to uh, do exactly that. Grab a phone with
0: your questions for the last segment. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
1: All right, you got a few minutes to go here, so you got a few minutes to go. Continue on with the uh, questions you've had recently. Recently, McKenzie about severance packages uh, next one is this do I, ha- I this number always confuses everybody do I have to work a minimum of five years for a large company in order to receive severance
2: yeah this is very confusing because again um, you know if you Google if you hop on the internet and you type it into the to Google um, you're gonna get a very confusing array of answers <laughs> why because there's two separate sets of Two, reason, two ways of getting your severance. One is under the, your bare minimums um, under the uh, statute, and the other is your full severance entitlements. Um, the, the government and the statute o- does talk about this minimum of five years for a large company in order to receive severance. It's very confusing because it, only re- it is only really applicable – um, if you don't, uh, if your termination clause in your contract is one of those very, very rare ones that that actually um, is enforceable and holds you to your statutory minimums. In the vast majority of people, um, this is not uh, applicable. That five year is no magic five year number. You are entitled to your full severance whether you worked one day or you've worked for six years. Um, so it 's certainly not there is no minimum requirement to uh, to qualify for for your full severance, um, but this is only applicable if you 're looking at your your bare minimum entitlements
1: and these questions continue we 're talking about severance packages because uh, really and literally this is where the money is so people uh they want to know this stuff for sure. Do all uh, do all the short service employees? Let's start there. The short service employees get smaller severance packages because that would be the math that most people would come up with, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And so um, that is that is absolutely not the case. In fact, uh, short service employees um, you can get uh, very significant severance packages. And so one way to to double check. Um, is you can use our online severance pay calculator and you can put in, uh, if you're a short service employee, you can put in your, your, your statistics there and, and, um, and get a, a, um, a an estimate on what, what your severance should be. Um, but certainly with, with shorts, it doesn't mean just because you have, uh, short service doesn't mean that your severance package is going to be, is going to be small. There are situations, and I had a client, uh, the other week where, uh, we settled, uh, we settled his matter. He was, um, he was only employed for, for, I think it was, it was less than a month, a couple weeks he was employed there. Um, but he was, uh, he was a senior manager and he was in his late sixties. So, um, he we certainly you know his his severance package was uh, was between six and eight months um, and so it can be uh, pretty significant even if uh, even if you have short service so your length of service is just one factor that the courts will consider in in awarding your severance packages um, so don't think for a second just because I, I haven't been there very long that, oh, my severance, you know, what my employer is offering me this one month, um, is, is probably more than I'm entitled to. You should still absolutely get your package reviewed by an employment lawyer. Um, and in fact, you may even be entitled to severance uh, even if even before you've started your right. your job. So um, if your company is with, withdrawn a- an offer um, and, and you and not let you start that employment, you should still have that situation reviewed because you could still very well be entitled to severance.
1: Get a call from uh, sorry, Hi, sorry. How are you? Hey, I'm fantastic. How are you? Excellent. What's on your mind?
2: so uh, i
3: have worked in the service industry as a part-time since last september and uh, i gave them two week notice and uh, after that after i gave the notice they said that i don't need to work my remaining shifts so are they allowed to do that they never paid me for those shifts can i ask for severance or can i demand for those shifts to be paid that they didn't allow me to work Mm.
2: Hi, hi sorry. Yeah, so uh so let me get this straight. So you gave them 2 weeks notice and then they didn't let you work the the 2 weeks notice that you gave them. Is that correct? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um so so they do need to pay you for that 2 weeks notice and if they they stopped uh paying you, stopped giving you shifts, uh, that could be uh, a wrongful dismissal and you could be entitled to actually more than the two weeks. So you should certainly contact, uh, contact us and, um, and we can take this offline and we can help you navigate that. Okay,
3: perfect. Well, that was week and short. Thank you so much.
1: That's uh, how we like to do it. Get the information out there and move on. Sorry, here is that number to reach out and have a further conversation uh, with Mackenzie, which I know you're going to do at this point. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Severance packages—that's what we've been talking about all hour. Is it true that independent contractors not entitled to a severance package? I know this is a bit of a uh, bit of a long one, but uh, break it down for us, Mackenzie.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, so I would say the val a lot of lot of independent contractors are not truly independent contractors, and they're Mm -hmm. actually employees. And so, depending on how much of your work you derive from that one employer, you and and a variety of factors, how much control that employer has over you, you may actually be considered an employee or a dependent contractor, and you are still entitled to severance. So. Even if you've signed something, a contract that says you're an independent contractor and you're not entitled to severance, when your employer lets you go, you should still have that situation reviewed by an employment lawyer because, uh, you, you very well could be entitled to, to severance. And, and again, that could be upwards of, of 24 months of pay. So, um, just, you know, don't take your employer or your contract, um, at their word. Um, you, you, especially if your uh, that one employer is a, a, significant, um, portion of your income, uh, you should certainly have that reviewed because you very, very well may be entitled to a severance package.
1: And that would be, as we bounce over quickly last minute to a dependent contractor is kind of what you're speaking of, right? Where they have a vast majority or large percentage from one client, say 70% or otherwise.
2: Exactly, yeah. And so there is a dependent contractor, an employee, and uh, it's a very uh, complicated analysis that we can go through, but certainly if you're, if if that employer was was a large portion of your of your income, uh, you very likely are what we call a dependent contractor and still entitled to severance.
1: Lots of good stuff there as we wrap it up for another show. Appreciate you uh, picking up a phone today and calling in and we hope we uh, were able to help on the phone. As always, we uh, tell you to call in now that we're done anytime. Mackenzie's got a great team behind her, always ready just to have a chat. It won't cost you anything to pick up a phone and get some info and carry on from there. do you do it? One more time, 1-855-821-5900. You can send an email along as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the only website you need go to for all your employment law information and knowledge and access to that severance calculator. It's a beauty. It's free, used by millions so far across the country. That website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time in the Employment Law Show.